So the papers that I need to see in front of your face are the lime green, well, just the ones that clearly Lauren already has them out. She's going to hold them up. So the lime green one that has the outline on it, you have to be actively getting said papers. Where are you at, bro? That feels like my fault. Um, okay, so then we have the lime green quote sandwich paper. No, 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 no. Um, then we have uh, the college level writing checklist, which is on bright orange paper. Um, then we have the not lime green, but like a decidedly pastel green paper that has the heading outline on it. So far, so good. And that's where we're at. But in front of your face, first I need to see the lime green overall checklist. The overall outline is what I mean. Will you share with him, Ellie? You share, yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. So for your friend, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to re reverse outline this paper for them. A bottom line is we just have to make sure that they have all the components they need to be successful. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to reverse outline in this way. We're going to say the overall intro. Ooh, I cannot handle this. Ooh, I hate markers that don't perform well. I have no time for it. And then we're going to do a little bracket, right? So the overall intro, so far so good. And then we're going to do heading number one. We're just doing this out in the margin. Heading number two. And then heading number three. And then we need the areas of further inquiry. And then we need the overall conclusion. make it separate again my philosophy is always if your teacher asked for it to be a specific section help them find your a you know what i'm saying yeah um so for the areas of the inquiry and the overall conclusion do you want us to add like headings for those um here's the thing it's really hard to differentiate the wrap-up of heading number three from the rest of the stuff so if it were me i would put a heading for it um, but there's also precedent for that. Like if you look in the academic scholarly journal articles that you're reading, they also separate stuff into headings and there's a reason for that, right? You don't want to read the whole article before you read the conclusion and make sure that that article is what you need it to be, okay. right? So we're reverse outlining. Make sure that they have all these components. If they don't have all those components, I need to know. Raise your hand. I come look. Yeah. first piece of feedback that you give says I'm not clear where your areas for the inquiry is 
either it's not clear enough, so that's feedback number one, or it's not there, which is also feedback, right? So you be, not being able to find it is great feedback. But if it's not in there, that is a problem. Yeah. So, and here's my question. If you can't easily find these things, then your friend has not been clear enough, okay? And they need to understand that if it's not so clear cut and super obvious, they've been doing it wrong. No, they have time to do it right. And that's the good news. But when I said that I would have a heading for the conclusion in the areas for the inquiry, that is a preference thing and it's not like a hard and fast like gospel rule, right? So they don't have to have a heading for it to, for it to be right. You just have to be able to clearly find it, right? Do we not need to be able to find the so what, who cares? You should, we're going to get into that, but if you can't find that, the so what, who cares is part of the conclusion, but we will get into it. If you can't find that, again, that's a huge problem. These are the same sections that are on your outline, so you can just look on your lime green outline for these. You don't have to try to decipher my rushed handwriting. It's just the same exact boxes that are on your lime green outline. But again, reverse outlining is a super important skill that will help you be a better writer of your stuff if you're good at reverse outlining other people's stuff. So a lot of the peer review process that we do, the reason that we do it is because it's metacognitive, which is a fancy way of saying, as you're thinking about someone's paper, you're also thinking about your thinking in terms of your paper and your writing. Sometimes we can't see our own mistakes, but when we highlight the mistakes of others, it helps us recognize our own. It's metacognition. It's a thing. It's proven with studies in academic journal articles. It's true. Why are you looking at me like that? That's not the way a student of the month would look at a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We've reverse outlined. We're still working on it. Okay, so technically, we have already peer-reviewed headings one, two, and three. And we will go back and triple-check those with the remaining time that we have. But our first priority now is to triple-check the intro, the overall conclusion, and the areas for further inquiry. That's our uh, focus for today, just because those have not been looked at yet by other people, right? So... First and foremost, we need to go up to the overall introduction. But before you start reading, just look at my face because this gets weird and it's important that you understand the following. You too, Henry. We're listening. We're focused. Listen. So this overall introduction, the point of this overall introduction is to have enough information there that a smart person who has no concept of your topic would be able to have a working understanding of your paper, right? So the best way I say, can I see you guys stop what you're doing and just focus because this is super important and it's confused all the time, right? So the best audience I can think of is, is if your grandma went to college, she's a smart lady, but she's super out of touch with all of these newfangled things that we're writing about. Make grandma understand. She's smart enough to understand college level writing and college level research. She just doesn't have anything, any framework to understand artificial intelligence, right? 
or the new paradigm of college in the American cultural zeitgeist, right? So explain it to your smart grandma who does not have dementia, yes? But here's the problem that I'm sure that you've encountered in your writing, and this is a problem for everybody. You're supposed to have an introduction for each heading, right? You guys know where I'm going with this? You're supposed to have an intro here. Yeesh. But you're also supposed to have a big intro here. So it can start to feel repetitive. Do you put all the introduction information up here and then repeat it here? No. What you got to do is what I call information triage. Do we know what triage is? We go to the emergency room. They decide who's the most important at the time. And they don't see you in order of arrival. They see you in order of severity. Yes? Same idea here. We're going to do information triage. If we need... So again, Jacob, I need you to stop what you're doing. Just focus. Right? So... What we need to do is decide where our introduction information goes. Because grandma can't handle all of this information, introductory information up at the top. She's going to stop reading because it's too much for her, right? She ain't got time for that. So what we got to do is give just as much big umbrella overall introduction information that grandma is interested but not bored, right? And then we got to save the specific introduction information for the heading that it pertains to. So we don't want to overload the intro, but we also don't want to be repeating intro information here, 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 and here. So you have to decide what's most important to put specifically in the headings and what's most important to give grandma an overall introduction. But the problem is you have to do all of that without having to cite any of the stuff. It's hard, right? Because what you want to do, your big fat introduction should never have cited information there, ever. You shouldn't even be mentioning the authors in your big fat introduction because you're going to get into the details here and here and here. And if you get into the details here and then get into the details again here, here and here, that's redundant. So Kennedy, I'm worried that you're not focused here. It's super important. Okay. So the problem is we can't have cited information here, but how do you cover that when your topic is something like genetic engineering and you can't just go pooping out information about genetic engineering without citing important information that comes from somebody else's brain. What do you do? Generalize. Yeah, you generalize as much as possible without making it unethical, right? So you can't take their exact pieces of information, but you generalize to the point where grandma's got a good umbrella idea and then when we get to that heading, we can give more specific information about each of those authors. But again, your introductions should just give an overview of what you are going to talk about, not introduce exactly what you are going to talk about. Do we understand the difference there? The problem with all these intros is that you have to like walk this fine line and do this triage thing and you have to not be repetitive. Is that what you guys have discussed? Is that, was that why the smile? It's rough, right? It's a problem. That's why I mention it. It's a problem for everybody. So again, Overall, our overarching introduction stuff that grandma needs to understand the whole conversation. Save the specific intro stuff that grandma needs to understand just that heading, but don't put any introductory information that needs to be cited because you can't cite an author until you've done what? You've introduced them professionally, formally. Those rules are going to be broken in the next paper, but first we learn all the rules and we follow all the rules before we break them. So far so good? 
It's fun, no? <laughs> okay, so the big fat intro has to do several things. Look at your green outline there. The big fat, and again, I can't stress enough. The smart grandma strategy is really, is the best strategy. So again, it's smart grandma. Grandma who is super with it. She just has no idea what artificial intelligence even is or no idea what genetic engineering even is. But she could understand if she was, if you explained it to her real well. Yes? Okay. So the first thing that an introduction has to do is have a clear thesis. The problem with this thesis is it's confusing because why? You've been taught up until this point that you're supposed to take a side. Your thesis is like your claim. You can't have a claim in this paper because the whole point of this paper is to not have a claim. So then how do you write a thesis without making a claim? You just say that there is an argument. So what I need you to do is get out a marker. Any marker, I don't care what color it is, it just we're, we're rotating. And I need you in their introduction, first and foremost, it doesn't matter what they did right. If they don't have a good thesis, it doesn't matter what they did right. Or if it's missing, it doesn't matter what they did do, right? So find their thesis. It should sound something like experts argue regarding the you know, relevance of artificial intelligence in American society. Something about the fact that there is an argument. Be triple sure that they don't take a side. Their thesis should not sound like artificial intelligence has an important place in American society. That's taken aside. Their thesis should not be something like college is an, still an appropriate goal in American society for American students. That's taken aside. You can say the experts argue whether college still has a place in American society or whether the return on investment for college is worth the investment. Right? So highlight what you thought their thesis was and triple check. Give them feedback. This is an appropriate thesis. This thesis is going to get make you fail this paper. <laughs> make sure they know and understand whether they did that right or wrong. And again, if you cannot find the thesis, one of two things happened. They don't have one or they have a bad one. Either way, that's a problem. So if you can't find their thesis, you make sure they know. And if your, if your paper, they couldn't find a thesis on your paper, you either don't have it or the one you have is not good. Either way, you got to fix it. So far, so good? Yes? Okay. We've all found it? Yeah? Okay. So the next thing that an overall introduction has to do is give a general introduction of the topic origins, the context, the history, and the importance of their topic. So this is going to be very specific to their topic. So what you got to do is find all that introductory information. And number one, double check that it's not information that needs to be cited, like it's general understanding information. And double check it. Put yourself in the mind of a real smart grandma. You're educated. You're super with it. You just have no idea about this topic. So you got to put yourself in that frame of mind and ask yourself, if I were a real smart grandma, would I have a working understanding of this topic before I move into the paper? So highlight 
around the thesis, get a new color, and highlight all their big introductory information. And then ask yourself, is this big umbrella information? And you might not be able to answer that question until you read the other introductions, but we'll get there in a sec. And make sure to give the feedback, like, I don't think this is enough introductory information to help me have a working understanding here. Or maybe they went too hard. Maybe it's too much. Maybe they should save some of that introductory information for the introductions of their headings. Okay, so the last thing that the introduction should do, and here's where people really lost, lost themselves before, is we need to have a preview of what we're going to talk about. But in that preview of what we're talking, we're going to talk about, we can't do several things. We cannot make meta commentary. So we can't say things like, this literature review will explore. We don't talk about the paper in the paper. We already know you're writing a paper because guess what? I'm reading the paper that you wrote right? You don't need to tell me that you're writing a paper because guess what? Already there, right? So don't talk about the paper in the paper, right? You just want to say something like a one or two word phrase that each of your headings is going to be about, right? We don't need to be mentioning authors' names. We don't need to be mentioning names of sources. You just want real quick phrases about what those headings are going to be about. So, a good preview phrase would be something like experts argue regarding the value of college on the basis of return on investment, uh, mental health, and a student loan epidemic, 
those are my three headings, right? So what you're doing is giving a quick outline of your three headings without mentioning author names, without mentioning source names. You're just literally topping, talking about the big topics that each of your headings is going to cover, are going to cover. So far, so good. So highlight their forecasting statement or their preview statement. Make sure that they don't talk about the paper in the paper. So in a third color, we're highlighting their forecasting statement or their preview statement. Make sure they don't talk about the paper in the paper. They don't talk about author names in the paper. They don't talk about titles of sources in their preview statement. So far, so good? Yeah. Can it be like longer it can if they're considering it part of their introduction just as long as it doesn't the problem with going into too much detail there is then you're like not doing that triage right like you're going into so much detail that you're pre covering you're like stealing the shine of your headings is what i'm trying to say but if you think that statement doesn't steal the shine of the headings that's fine like if you make the precast pre the forecasting statement three sentences one sentence about each of the headings that's fine yeah What do you mean, experts say what? Um, like, just like, just like experts say this, this, this. Well, isn't that about the topic, though, the this, this, this? Isn't that about the topic? Yes. But then that's fine. We don't want them to give the names of the experts. We don't want them to be more specific on that, because they will be more specific in the headings. It's looking like I'm not clear on what your question is. You want to rephrase it for me? Think about it, like ruminate on it, and then ask it once you like piece it together. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So overall, their overall introduction. Give yourself in in your mind. Give yourself an idea of whether you thought that overall introduction was effective. Okay. Before you read the rest. Okay. But because this overall introduction has to have a symbiotic relationship with the other introductions, right? Now you need to ask yourself, does this big introduction not take any shine away from the specific introductory information from each heading? So now I want you to just go skim the introduction of each of their headings. And now with the introduction of each of their headings plus the big fat introduction, then you'll have a better idea of whether or not they gave you a good overview of the whole conversation. So go ahead and skim the other introductions, highlight, the introductions to each heading and then kind of as a whole you need to ask yourself do all those introductions together provide grandma smart grandma with a really good overview of this topic and make sure that when you're finding the introduction information for the headings the introduction information that they've chosen for the headings should be specific to that heading whereas the overall introduction information should be specific to all headings right so read their three different introductions. And then with all of those combined, it should give you a big, good, big picture of the overall conversation. It should. If it doesn't give you an overall picture of the conversation, then they need to fix some things. But again, you have to look at all those introductions holistically. So highlighting all the introductions, 
Now we're going to their heading introductions and highlighting those. And then with all of those together, we're giving ourselves a good idea of whether or not it's effective. We're going to the rubric that they that you picked up today, and this is the rubric that you're going to give them with their paper with the feedback on it, right? And on that rubric, you're going to give them a score. You'll see how at the top of that rubric, you're going to give them a score for the titles and the introductions, right? So what we're looking for here is, let me read you what we're looking for. The overall title provides an insightful mini summary of the literature review. So take a look at their overall title for their paper. Does it provide an insightful mini summary for the whole paper, right? And then the heading titles provide insightful mini summaries of each heading. They should be unique and, you know, interesting. They should definitely not say things like heading one, heading two, heading three, right? And then the overall introduction provides an insightful overview of the topic and explains the overall thesis of the literature review and provides a broad context. And the heading introductions provide an insightful lead into each heading. So in this first rubric line, we are grading their titles, all four of their titles, right? Overall title, each heading title. And we're grading their Big Fat Mama introduction, including their thesis and the mini introductions within each heading. We're grading a lot of things on that first rubric row. If it's not perfect, don't give it a mastery. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If you had any constructive feedback whatsoever, it's not mastery. The only way it's mastery is if you have no notes. Everything was awesome, right? Other than that, you need to be specific because again, I'm not taking this score. You're just giving them this rubric, rubric back right? And they're using that to help improve their paper. Give them the score that you think I would give them. Yeah. So if they have a title saying conclusion. That's okay. okay. A title saying conclusion is totes okay. Well, it, doesn't, it doesn't count as one of the four. Mm -mm. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. Can you have a title saying yeah, you can have a title saying areas of further inquiry. I love that. The other thing that the titles can't be is questions. Mm-mm. And don't ask a question and then know that you can't ask a question, so you just don't put a question mark. It's still a question. Now you're just double wrong. You did punctuation wrong and you asked a question. This is double wrong. Bad. All the titles should be statements, confident statements, because we're confident in our research. Yes? 
I knew it. Okay. So next, we're going to scooch a Rooney to their areas of further inquiry. So fun. So remember that one of the big fat purposes of the areas of further inquiry is to identify where research needs to be done on this topic so then you can go do that research, right? So while areas of further inquiry sounds like a throwaway concept, it's actually super important in the world of academia, right? But it's also where your higher level thinking skills come into play. So after reading all your sources, what parts of this conversation, this M&M conversation, have not been discussed? So for instance, if we're having a conversation on M&Ms and we have nine flavors of M&Ms that we're discussing, and those are our different sources, what if very recently they came out with the cookie M&Ms? And no one has done any research on it. There's no academic literature to represent those. That's the areas of further inquiry. This is the conversation, but more needs to be discussed about these new cookie M&Ms. Or don't even get me started on the Thanksgiving edition ones and the Christmas edition ones. That's areas for further inquiry. No one's done research on that. That's where our areas of further inquiry are, right? Parts of the conversation that have yet to be discussed or researched. That's the areas of further inquiry. So far, so good? Okay, so listen to what we're looking for for the areas of further inquiry. At least three viable areas of, uh, don't highlight yet because I have specific things I want you to do for this. At least three viable areas of future critical attention and inquiry are suggested in an insightful and objective way. So they need to have two things, okay? And they need to have three of those. Three of these two things. So for number one, they need to have one area of further inquiry and then they need to have why that needs to be inquired upon why why would that round out the convo right let's just say why is that I'm having a bad day, you guys. I had a flat tire. Um, I know, right? Um, and then a second time, they need to have an area of further inquiry number two. Then they also need to have answered why. So first they need to identify the area, and then also why is that research needed? Why is that research needed to round out this conversation? And they need to have a third one. So at least two sentences for each is what I'm saying, right? A third one, area of further inquiry number three. And why is that research needed? So they should have a minimum of six sentences and they should answer this question thrice with three different areas of further inquiry, right? So in with your highlighter, you're gonna do the top one, the actual where they define the areas of further inquiry in one color, okay? And then where they did the why is that area of further inquiry needed to round out this conversation? That's in a second color because I need them to see Green, 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 and also pink, 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 right? We need to see both components for all three areas of further inquiry. Yeah. That's bad. And then you should tell them. 
Yeah. So the rubric says, and the outline, says a minimum of three areas of further inquiry. If you want to be extra and do more, great. But a minimum of three. So again, they have to identify three separate areas of further inquiry and then tell me why <clears throat> each of those three areas needs to be further researched. So for instance, why do we need to, why, wh well the conversation about M&Ms would not be complete without this new cookie M&M addition. The cookie M&Ms seem like a really great addition to the conversation, yet we don't have any more information about it. What about those mint M&Ms? I'm just saying, right? Like if we left those out of the conversation, that would not represent the conversation appropriately. Yeah. I'm such a sucker for that kind of stuff. Like, I will buy it. Like, you know all those crappy new flavors of Oreos? I'll just, buy, I'll just throw my money at it. Just take my money. <laughs> or just, like, weird new flavors of potato chips. <laughs> like, honestly, take my money. Take it. Just shut up and take it. You know what I mean? I will buy any of that stuff. Yes. Just shut right up. Take my money. Uh, what now? Yeah. That's Canadian, though. My dad's side is Quebecois. Like my, I'm half, I'm half French Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. They just need to put citations in there. A good way to think about this too. You don't have to do it this way, but if it were me, I would think about one area of further inquiry for each heading like one thing that each heading didn't cover and that's an easy way to like organize your thoughts it doesn't have to be that way but it could but let's be honest anything i say that i would do you should do because i'm excellent at writing papers not at everything like changing a flat tire but the rest did you guys did you guys slash my tire Did you slash my tire? No, I couldn't find any slashes, but in my mind I was like, midterms are coming up. People be feeling a certain way about it. You know what I mean? I couldn't find a slash, but I also couldn't find a nail. You know what I mean? No holes. I can't find anything. I was alone in the parking lot. It felt real lonely. It's fine. Okay. So give them a score on areas of further inquiry. But I did find my spare tire, which was rough because in my model of car, it's like hidden in like a secret trap door. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't find it. My husband sent me a YouTube video that showed me how to find it. I'm ashamed. I was going to take credit for it, but the credit isn't mine. But I still followed the video and found it. It's the car stuff. I'm not good at the car stuff. And I don't want to be good at the car stuff. So don't judge me. There's not room in this brilliant brain for car info. All right? Not room. All right? I'm not sorry. Um, okay. So the overall conclusion. First, listen to the description of what the overall conclusion needs to be. Okay? Listen carefully. Because a conclusion, no matter what kind of paper you're writing, always needs to have these components. 
And keep in mind that the conclusion is not the throwaway part of your paper. Your whole paper is leading up to the conclusion. If you're singing that song, the conclusion is your money note. That's everything that you're building up to. You got to hit that note and you got to hit that note with confidence. Or the whole song is for nothing because now everyone just feels awkward. That you sang the whole song and then you couldn't hit that money note. It's rough out there. Okay? So... Overall conclusion, the conclusion insightfully answers the questions, what are the larger societal implications of the topic? Our term for that is the big picture. But you don't put the words big picture in your paper because that's like talking about Fight Club and that's the first rule of Fight Club. I'm giving you these little like mnemonics to help you remember what needs to be there, but don't use my language in your paper, right? Talk about the big picture without saying that it's the big picture. Okay, and then the so what and the who cares again, don't put so what or who cares in your paper. That's talking about Fight Club and that's a rule. We don't talk about Fight Club. So talk about who this concept matters to and why it matters to them without saying so what and who cares. And also, it's not necessarily wrong, but it bugs me so bad when you all say so and this this group of people should care. This group of people should care. You can, but it sounds pretty low-level, like plebeian, to say that they should care. You can elevate that language by saying this group of people has a stake in this, has a concern in this area for this reason. It's the same as saying that they should care. It's just saying it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just depends on how you want to structure it. But what I do need you to do is get out three highlighters, new colors, or just a rotating color so it's differentiatable. That's a fun word. Differentiate. It is a word, but still. Okay. So the three highlighter colors that were, whatever highlighter colors you're using, I need you to put one color. Is the big picture. Usually the big picture goes at the end, but their big picture cannot be something like society will never be the same if we do not fix this problem. Okay, well, first of all, you said we, which is a problem. What society? And also, how and why will it never be the same? Don't say trite, cliche stuff without backing it up, right? So the big picture cannot be some vague nonsense. It actually has to be rooted in what they discussed in the paper, right? So say society will be heavily impacted if the value of college is not reinforced more carefully in society because the because needs to be there too, right? So color one is the big picture. Why does this matter, matter on a larger societal scale? Outside the world of artificial intelligence, what kind of society are we going to have if computers think for us, right? What kind of society are we going to have if we continually do not have to think for ourselves? Yeah? Where should the big picture be? It, there's no specific spot, but I like it at the end because it feels like a mic drop. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't. there's no specific spot. It just has to be there, right? And then color number two... There needs to be at least two, did, did, did the outline say two, so what, and who cares? Yeah. So two, who cares? Two, two who cares is 
to who cares is. Okay. And it needs to be specific. We can't just say people. We can't just say society. We can't just say the country. Are we in Zimbabwe? We have to be specific. What kind of people? What subset of people? What specific group of people? What specific country? Are we on Mars? Right? Like, be specific. To specific, who cares is, right? And then, make sure they have two. Two specific, so what's. So the so what's, right, is really the urgency and the why. Why does this matter? Why does this matter right now? Why do we have to deal with this right now? Why is it important? The so what is just why do the who careses care? Why do they care? Why does it matter to these groups of people? Why is it so important that we deal with this? Why does it matter? Why is it urgent? Why is it relevant? So you should be able to find two specific ones and each of the so what's should pertain to the selected and specific who careses. Why the face? You have to see the face. Next time I'm just going to take a picture of the face and then ask you to tell me if that face isn't like jarring. You know what I mean? He's looking at me like this. And then acting like it's not, he's like gaslighting me and saying that it's not an issue. You know what I mean? Because I look at it, I think I'm saying nonsense. I think I'm being pretty clear. I mean, look, I wrote it down. Thank you. That's kind of what I was looking for. Full validation. Never hurt anyone. You know what I mean? Actually, it did. <laughs> Never mind. Um, okay, so we've identified the conclusion components, yes? And you've let them know whether or not they have it or don't have it. And you're specific about what they do have and what they don't have, what they need to put in there. Yes? The last thing I want you to check is it's just so hard for people to talk about all this high level, big picture stuff without adding themselves into the conversation in second person language. So throughout their whole conclusion, once you get out your fingy, and I know that you don't like to be specific about stuff, but I don't care. You're going to do it anyway, right? Because we are meticulous college level writers. Yes? Or at least we're trying to be. So throughout the whole entire conclusion, you're going to literally scan every single line of the whole entire conclusion, and you're going to look for language that is second person, stuff like our country, we should, you should, our, we, us. Those are all second person pronouns that people put in here when they're talking about the big picture. They forget to, sell, to take themselves out of the conversation altogether. So when you're writing about America, you're not American. You're out of it, right? You're like an eagle flying above it, observing and critiquing it all. You're not a part of it. So double check for second. Are you double checking for second person language? Are you? What do you what's the question? I was going to ask. Um, mm -hmm. This exploration? Yeah, this expo exploration. Oh, this exploration. Is that? I don't hate it. I mean, it's not the worst thing that has ever happened to us. Okay. That's not the hill we're going to die on. What's, what's it's still talking about Fight Club, though. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't hate it. it. Yeah. Just mention it. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Would you have to 
Not if they've already cited the same information in the headings. Yeah. Yeah, another part of the conclusion that we haven't really gotten to yet is before you do all the so what, who cares, you also have to give like basically a summary of what you've already discussed. Okay. So that's what they're doing there. Yeah. They paid attention. Is it okay if they say the articles or if they say like... I would say the authors of the aforementioned articles and then I'd feel smart and give myself a gold star. So the word is aforementioned, and that's how you can talk about Fight Club without talking about Fight Club, and here's how you spell that, and it's so fun. That's what smart people say, and me. That just means the stuff I talked about before, but I can't say I, so I say aforementioned. It's fun. What? It sounds smart and I like it. Right? Why are you looking at me like that? Because we're all super tired. It makes me feel Shakespearean when I say it. <laughs> well, you do really like Shakespeare. I do. Yeah. So after all of that, Give them a score for their overall conclusion. And remember, their overall conclusion has to give us an overview of what they've discussed. A so what, who cares, and an insightful big picture that isn't annoyingly vague and cliche. Yeah? It, there's no specific length. As long as it is specific, I don't really care, okay. right? Like you can be super insightful and concise at the same time. And you can also write a two-page conclusion that's excrement. So it's not so much about the length, it's about the quality. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, okay, so we need to look at the college-level writing checklist. And specifically, we're just going to go over the MLA things for now. But just know that this college level writing checklist, your friend and you need to go through it line by line. And I mean literally, literally go through every single line and read your paper every single time for every single row on that college level writing checklist. And again, that's not always going to be the case. Like you're not always going to have to be that crazy editing your papers because you will Take these college level writing checklist things and move it into your muscle memory and you will do it without thinking about it. But until you get to the point where it's muscle memory, you have to be meticulous. It's just like developing muscle. It's the same idea here, right? But this is skill muscle, brain muscle, right? But you have to go through the college level writing checklist every, every line and read your whole paper through one time for each thing. Yeah. That's facts. Right? So with this college level writing checklist, what we're looking at here is the MLA formatting. So first we're gonna double check that their page number is in the top right hand corner, a half inch from the top of the page and a full inch from the right hand side of the page. Their last name is capitalized. It's in 12 point times New Roman. There's a space and no comma in between that and a page number that increases by one each page. Double check that please. 
At the top of their paper should also be a gorgeous four-line heading that complies exactly with MLA formatting rules. And if you don't know that by now, it's on Canvas. Double check it. I'm double checking the format of the date, whether or not there's a comma and a capital P after the class name if you're writing the period, right? Whether or not you spelled the professor's name correctly for the love, right? Yeah. So on the paper, should they... So you're never, the, the answer to that, the short answer is just put the due date as the date of the paper. But since we've like strung this paper out for forever, whatever date is on there is going to be fine. Just know that in real college, like you are going to just put the due date there. Um, but it's the date that you're turning in that paper that should go there. But you're also never going to have a teacher take you through the paper like this step by step. Your teacher is literally going to say to you, I would like a seven page paper on this topic in APA. That's all they're going to say. And then you are going to have to come up with the outline and make yourself a cute little rubric in your brain and reverse outline it. You're going to do all of this for yourself. So I'm modeling that process for you so then you can go and recreate it on your own without me. It'll be fun. Wait, but why are they so mean? Why don't they give you like at least an outline? Well, it's not that they're mean. It's just that this class is literally to teach you how to take that assignment and do it. That's what the purpose of this class, right? So it's not that they're mean. They're just assuming that you've taken this class, which you have. It's just that some people had a different class and they're not going to do as well. It's not going to be you, though. You're going to be awesome. It's facts. Okay. So... Uh, then we need to take a look at the titles. Make sure there's no additional spaces between paragraphs and no additional spaces above or below the titles. The titles need to be centered. 12-point Times New Roman, no bold, no italics. Every important word is capitalized. A lot of people are forgetting to capitalize their titles even still. So double-check all their titles. Make sure all important words are capitalized in their titles. Make sure after their titles, they put everything back to left-hand justification. Sometimes people forget to re-justify their typing and then they have a whole heading that's centered. It's not cute. Double check that they don't have additional spaces between paragraphs. And make sure that all their paragraphs are indented. And then also make sure that their works cited page is on the last page of their document and the words works and cited are at the very top of the last page of their document. Works cited? Works cited, yep. At the top of their last page of their document. Make sure that their works cited page doesn't have an additional spaces after paragraphs, that everything is hanging indented, that it's all 12 point times New Roman, the font is consistent. And now what I want you to do is I want you to take the paper and I want you to take the rubric. And if they have any big fat problems on the white college level writing checklist that you picked up today, you can mark those as well. Use the rubric and the college level writing checklist as a jumping off point to in an intelligently, in an emotionally intelligent manner, go talk to your friend because this is the last checkpoint before they turn in this big fat mama paper. And guess what? The next time you walk into here, if you did everything right, this paper's over. It's out of your life, you guys. It's out of your life. It's like a bad, toxic girlfriend or boyfriend. 
They're just out of there. You know what I'm saying? Goodbye. It'll be so beautiful. Almost there. The fat lady has almost sung. Okay, go talk to your friend.